Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Jerks Wrestling Podcast, baby. I'm your host, Nick Dayas, at The Lame Show on all social media outlets. Joining me via the Google Hangout machine, the group chat machine, the FaceTime machine, Ernie the Enforcer with the beard that should be feared, baby. Also, the uh, fire spitter, too sweet to be bitter. Don't follow me on Insta. Don't follow me on Twitter. Ernie, back in the building. What's up, boys? What's going on, man? And on the other end, uh, one of one of the best to ever do it. Got a shout out from his lovely plus one, or he wishes. <laughs> I must say, he does wish it was his plus one, legitimately, because I also wish it was his plus one because I'm all about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. Justin, the Wrestling Classic. What's up, brother, brother? Ooh, yeah. yeah. The jerks were back at it. No, man. I'm good. Life's good. Wrestling's good. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's a bad time to be dating one. But, yeah, man, we're back. We're here. And Carmella, <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Very, very happy about that. It was, a, it was an interesting week for me, man. I got to ask Jericho a question. Carmella... The episode where Carmella rocked the TWC hoodie was finally, which is available at TWCshop.com, was finally on Total Divas yesterday, which, even though I knew she said that it was coming, I was a little concerned that it was going to be, like, one of those cut scenes or, like, like, you know, the ones that were, like, really quick, like her walking backstage or something where, like, maybe they can edit it out and it won't make it because, like, who is this guy? We know who he is. Let's not put it on the show. But it ended up being, like, one of the most interesting scenes of Total Divas because it was the first scene where she admitted to dating Corey Graves. And I'm like, oh, and she's rocking my hoodie. <laughs> wow, that's such a, like, that's such a 808s and heartbreak situation because, number one, Ernie, she's wearing his hoodie, which is what we're talking about. But number yeah. two, while wearing the hoodie and having Justin in the palm of the hands by his grapefruits, she says <laughs> that she's into somebody else. I mean... I think Corey Graves, if it was somebody worse, maybe I would have an issue with it. Ernie, your thoughts on that one? I mean, you take the good with the bad, I guess. I mean, you know, that's still a W for the for the wrestling classic. Oh, that is that is easily a, a, a W, a sensational W. Some would even say a fabulous W. W. Yeah, a fabulous W for sure. And it's like, I've obviously, like, we've had a lot of cool people rep, rep the TWC shirts and stuff from Brad Hart to Sasha Banks to Sheamus to Jinder to whatever but like the fact that she got on Total Divas means that it will live in history on the WWE Network too because after every season of Total Divas it goes to the WWE Network and I'm like oh, oh I, I made my like third debut on the WWE Network <laughs> wow the TWC the wrestling classic then now and forever baby on the network I love it I love go. it all right, guys, I don't want to beat around the bush. Um, he, he, the audience of the Jerks has been very loyal. It's been very, it's been very uh, rock solid like Val Venus. It's been down with us since the beginning, and the proof is in the pudding. Um, it's been very obvious that we've had issues on all three of our ends trying to figure out when we're going to be recording the show because at the time we're recording right now, it is Wednesday uh, 5.20 in the afternoon Eastern time. Justin is out in Vancouver. He's on that Pacific wave over there. And with everything picking up on my end, as you guys know from l- listening and watching Veterans Minimum and how that all f- fell out to, you know, trying to figure out what day we should record, uh, it's just been a shit show. And 
trust me when I say it, I can only speak on my end, but I do think the guys would nod their heads to this one that we've tried to put out stuff. We've tried to put out content and uh, it's, it's just been an issue trying to coordinate everything at the same time. So the show is going to come to a close for the foreseeable future after this pot here. But I'm putting it out there right away so you guys can sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of this episode. Uh, thank you for the growth of the show. Thank you for everything. Um, I'll elaborate more at the end, but I only have Justin, who has been super down with the brand even before he even joined it. So, Justin, for the first time, I mean, I know you know this, but from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you for what you've done for the show also, even prior to you coming on as like a weekly personality. You've been super awesome, and you never say no to me, man, and I hope to one day be able to repay it your way. First uh, things first, though, like, because people don't know this, people, the listeners and stuff, um, and if you're a newer listener, I just want to say, one, um, it, like, I, I remember being a guest on the show once before I was ever actually on the show when it was you and Frankie. Um, I, I remember listening for years now. You guys have always killed it. It was an honor to be a part of the show and be offered time on the show. Um, I'm not, I, I don't, I think we all have our own reasons why this has to happen. But for me, um, I'll let you guys know, like, when I started this show and I when I took the role to be a co-host, the third co-host of the show when Frankie left, um, I, I wasn't working. I did not have a job. Um, there was no TWC show. That was an opportunity that came up like literally like a couple of weeks after I first showed up on this show. And um, similar to a lot of other podcasts that I've done in the past, including my own Squared Circle DNA show that I did for about a year, um, I've always it's always been a little bit of a tough situation working the Pacific to the East Coast time. Um, and, and that's what I'll say on my end might have been an issue, and I apologize for that for any of the listeners that are curious about this. Um, it, it's, it, that's, that's where I guess things kind of made this not work out but i really do appreciate being on air I, I love the show i hope it continues and i love seeing everyone grow like i i love what you're doing with veteran in the moment i know that i know that's that's a little bit more um what you're focusing on and i think that's it's the show will be back the show's not over it's a hiatus it'll definitely be back um it just we i think it's just, i think everyone just needs a time to figure out uh the big move man of what's going to happen next but I just want to say thanks for having me on here. And you don't need to owe me anything. Uh, for other listeners here who want to know Nick's character, the dude took care of me when I came to New York. All of my trips to shows are always last minute and spontaneous and not sure what's going on. This dude picked me up from the airport. He took me out. We had a, we, we went out the first night together at Wally Mania. Um, that was my first time in New York as an adult. So I really, really do appreciate it. I mean, I just take pride in things that I think a lot of people take for granted. So when I mean repay you, uh, I mean it in like, uh, you know, like I, I want to put my guys on one way or another. You know what I'm saying? Ernie, you know this. Like uh, I tried my best to and I've gotten to take Ernie to a couple events too through the networking and the connections that I've made through the shows and whatnot. It's like I got to do what I got to do to uh, help my people come up too. you know what I'm saying? No, 100 percent. Uh, Ernie, yeah, we'll been... definitely be seeing each other again. That's a thing. Oh it's yeah, for like, sure. Like, it's we... not like we're not doing the show. We're not friends no more. We were friends right. on and off the show. Right, right, the right. Show goes on. I, uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say, uh, Ernie, you've been pretty quiet over there, man. And I know us two are gonna do a show uh, 
after you know we let go of Justin. I do want to get Justin's thoughts on one major talking point, but uh, yeah, Ernie, anything you want to say, man? I think just what it boils down to is um, scheduling conflicts, and ultimately that's what is causing the show to uh, come to a halt. You know, I mean, it's been 160 episodes, and, you know, a lot of podcasts can't even say that. You know, some of them don't last that long. So, you know, it's gone through changes over the years, different cast, different crew. But, uh, you know, for me, it's been two years now full-time with the Jerks. And, you know, thank you to Nick, to Justin. Man, you guys have been great, you know, recording with you all this time. Um, You know, Frankie as well. I mean, it's been a hell of a run. And uh, who knows? You know, you might see us again. You know, it's just that we have so much going on individually as well. Nick's crushing it with VM. Justin's got the TWC. Everybody has their brand that they're kind of like building and moving towards. So, you know, in a way, it's 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 almost like a good thing because you know sometimes it's good to just kind of spread out and uh, do do our own thing. But then you know when the time is right, we'll all come together and uh, deliver what uh, the people expect from us and what they love from us. So, you know, thank you to the listeners for all your support for sure. Let's, uh, Ernie. We'll we'll talk a little bit more after we let go of Justin, as uh, yep. Justin got to get his ass to work now that he's a working man, <laughs> brother, brother. Uh, all right. So we had the debut on SmackDown, and my initial thoughts when I saw this is, uh, they they are throwing everything but the kitchen sink over there, right? They had Aaron Andrews, who a lot of the people that I saw, I see every Sunday when I watch football, like Aaron Andrews is the sideline reporter for all the major, the big game of the week and whatnot. And she's their prominent reporter on the sidelines. She's had many, many moments in history where she is conducting interviews, most famously with Richard Sherman, where he was like super aggressive towards her and all the stuff that was going on with the San Francisco 49ers back in the day in that rivalry with the Seahawks. But Man, I don't know about you guys, and Justin, I think we could throw it to you first, bro. Everything that I saw, and I know it's just one episode of SmackDown, but that is unequivocally the A show now. I have to agree. They're going to be focusing on the A show. I mean, it's on Fox, which is huge, and it's a huge opportunity. Um, The set looks amazing. The, 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 the whole production value and all of it looks like they stepped it up. The intro, I like that there's different sets for both shows. I like that the pay-per-view had a different set. I like that everything's different. Um, the show, now it being like almost a week later, and I know it's not officially a week, but almost a week later, I'll say this. The things that really stood out to me the most was the beginning and the end. And everything else in the middle is kind of okay. Um, and I hope moving forward it's not going to be like that. I, I understand this was a premiere episode on Fox. This was to get um, all the casual people outside of the wrestling bubble to get back into the show. Uh, like, you know, The Rock being there was a big deal. Aaron Andrews being there was a big deal. The celebrities and stuff they had in the crowd was a big deal. Um, it was in L.A. You couldn't be in a better place to, to have celebrities. It's either L.A. or New York if you want celebrities and people to be rolling through. And they, and they were in L.A. And, and uh, the only concern I have is this. Um when the pressure them, is it too much pressure for them to carry that goal moving forward? Because let's be honest, the WWE, whether we want to admit it or not, in the, most in the last like, 10 years has a hard time of staying consistently good. For example, Raw was really good last week, and this week I, I mean, there's nothing that I can't talk about. Um, is that going to happen on SmackDown? You're not going to have The Rock there every week. You're not going to have celebrities and stuff there every week. You're, gonna, you're not going to have that hype there forever, and, I, and that kind of scares me. And the fact that 
being a wrestling fan and inside the wrestling bubble, I'm also kind of scared of, you know, you can compare this to other things. Like, uh, you can compare it to sports teams when they become way too accomplished and they become very, uh, like a dynasty or something. Or or you can talk, compare this to singers when they're underground and they get mainstream. I get worried sometimes with WWE if this might ruin the situation that they get mainstream and, and it loses what wrestling fans like about it. You know what I mean? Nah, yeah, you bring up a lot of compelling points, man. And also, it was... You're right. You're not going to have The Rock come out guns blazing, doing his usual shit. And you're not going to have a moment where they bring in another UFC star. Uh, Ernie, I got to ask you. And Justin, also you as well, which... I mean, I know he made his rounds in Mexico and whatnot, but honestly, Ernie... Did you know who Kane Velasquez was? And also, uh, two-part two question, how much of the audience do you think had an idea who Kane Velasquez was? Um, I was familiar with him because I know that he's the guy that defeated Brock Lesnar um, in UFC, and also he was doing some recently. He just started doing some wrestling training. I believe he wrestled um, a little bit for AAA. So I kind of had a feeling that he was dipping his toes in uh, professional wrestling. I had no idea that they were going to bring him in for uh, in, in the WWE to feud with Lesnar. Um, I had an idea last Monday when, when they did the angle with Ray and Domin- you know, and Ray's son and Lesnar and all that. You know, the, the wheel started turning and I was like, wait a minute, maybe this is a way to bring in Kane Velasquez. We didn't know for sure. Um, as far as the audience goes... Um, you know, it depends. I mean, because a lot of the audience, you know, is uh, fans of UFC, UFC, so I'm sure, you know, they're familiar with his work. But then there's a large chunk of people who may not know who he is and may not care because it, it seems like, and I spoke to you about this before, guys, it just seems like they're trying to recreate, like, that Austin Tyson moment that was so epic back in the day, which is really what kick-started the Attitude Era and kind of got the ball rolling and got the ratings to start increasing week by week. Um, will that be the case here? I mean, time will tell. I mean, I'm sure SmackDown's going to be really hot the first, I would say, couple of weeks, the first month. But like uh, Justin said, sooner or later, these guys are going to have to stand on their own without the celebrities, without The Rock, without all these extra legends around. And uh, I, I think short term, it, it's a good idea. It doesn't hurt. You know, it, it's definitely a big talking point. But in the long term, it doesn't really do anything. You know, it's more of a quick fix rather than like a long term thing where, OK, this guy's in it for the long haul. Where do we go from here? You know, I just want to say, am I the only one that initially cause I know came out Alaska says I know he is from the UFC. I know what he's been doing in AAA. But when he first came out, I for like a brief I'm like, did Dominic shave his head? <laughs> like, Yo, oh my God, I could not agree with you more. When I first saw, when I heard the music and I saw him come out, first glimpse, I'm like, yo, I didn't realize Dominic was that big. And then, yeah. and then as I saw, I was like, oh, came, I got hyped though. I can't front. I don't want this to come off as me shitting on the move. Like everyone knows I'm a massive, massive UFC fan. But I will say, I do think a lot of the crowd, and I had a friend of mine who was at the event say, yeah, I think it'd be fair to say that about like 60% of the audience had no idea who that was. and But the 40% that knew, fellas, lost their mind. No, no, for sure. But I just, I just I thought it was so funny that I thought it was Dominic at first, and then like, 
But going back to the celebrity thing, though, is like also like, yeah, they can't rest on their laurels forever. Like Tyson Fury's there now, but for how long? Right, the rock's not coming back, um, and they can't keep bringing legends. They advertised so many legends for the show that they didn't even show up. Stone Cold was supposed to be there. I thought we were gonna get a Stone Cold Rock moment. Undertaker and Sting were promoted. I thought we were gonna get maybe an Undertaker Sting moment. But then again, we can't be doing that every couple of months. You know, like it's 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 weird. It's weird. I don't know. Nah, you're right, man. You're right, and I do think that uh, after watching that show and then watching Raw. On Monday, I was like, damn, they really everything we've known about wrestling guys the last like year and change has changed completely. Raw is no longer going to be treated as an A show because Fox broke the bank. WrestleMania is not going to be the climax to storylines. And then now with all this Saudi Arabia stuff that's been going on and crown jewels and shit, like that's as big as WrestleMania they've advertised. So and it's and it's unfortunate because look at the card, look at the matches. It looks like, and I don't mean to get off topic, but look at the matches. It looks like they're booking for Crown Jewel. Braun versus Tyson Fury looks like it's going to be a Crown Jewel thing. Brock and Kane might be a Crown Jewel thing. Um, Team Flair versus Team Hogan might be a Crown. These would all be great for Summer Slams and Survivor Series and WrestleManias, but it's for Saudi shows that a lot of people don't even like to tune into because they sometimes feel like glorified house shows. Like it's really, it's really it's such a it's such a weird time for the WWE. And, and also, guys, I think that's part of the reason why they're booking it the way they are because they realize that it, there's a large percentage of people that don't watch those shows for whatever reason. So it could be their way of trying to attract that audience and saying, hey, listen, the people that normally don't watch, now you have to watch because we're putting on Lesnar and Kane Velasquez or, you know, whatever the case. You know, so I think they're, they're just upping the ante as far as um, content of what they're putting out uh, on the Saudi shows. No, I agree. All right, I think this. Talk about the elephant in the room, then, really quickly. Yeah, good. The elephant in the room. (laughs) The one thing that we're kind of skipping over. How do how do we all feel about the two second Kofi loss? Okay, I was actually gonna bring that up. Um, Oh, sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. I I like because that's uh, that I think is the biggest talking point from a X's and O's uh, wrestling storyline perspective of the week. Would you guys agree? No, 100%. So, all right. With that being said, um, I knew that was going to happen. Now, I didn't expect the squash, but I knew when they had Brock first come out and they said he's going to defend his title against Brock on the first episode of Fox, I was like, all right, Kofi Mania is done. And it was was obvious that was going to happen because – they came out, like we said, guns blazing with The Rock opening up the show. Brock Lesnar, they love Brock Lesnar. And when you look at mainstream appeal, for a lot of people, I think Brock Lesnar was the first guy to change that mold of, yeah, you know what? You can't say that wrestling is fake and wrestlers aren't tough when this dude is the heavyweight champion of the UFC. And there is a mainstream appeal to Brock Lesnar. He's a notable name. And he's also, not for nothing, he's a WWE lifer because he got his break in WWE and that's really what made him a star. I would have liked to see a little bit more. I find it a little puzzling that Seth Rollins could kick out of 120 F5s and Kofi gets F5'd one time and that's it. Like, he couldn't get any offense in. It's just just a squash. And 
it was pretty cool to see all the feedback he got from his peers because the fans are fans, you know, fan is short for fanatic, but the respect and the love he got from his peers was very telling. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on everything I just said? And I mean, you, I you brought it up. I think we knew that the belt was coming off Kofi. I think when with the matches broke, we're like, okay, it's Fox premiere, the belt's coming off Kofi. There's obviously that little bit of me that wanted to see Kofi, you know, get some offense and like, you know, kick out a couple of F5s or something. Or maybe, maybe, maybe just pull up the win. But I, in my heart, like, I knew it's over. Kofi's run is over. And, and I was okay with it because he had a hell of a WrestleMania moment. He had a long, lengthy run. Although some of it may not be that memorable, like his feud with Dolph Ziggler, he did a lot of good stuff. He had a lot of good matches with guys like Randy Orton and whatnot. And uh, he had a, a six-month run. That was longer than I expected his title reign to last. I think my gripe is more with the fact that it was just one F5, and it was two seconds. And then we moved straight to this Kane Velasquez thing where it's like, man, these two really didn't even need the title to be a part of their feud. Kofi could have went for like another month or something and dropped it to someone else. That, you, know, you could have Kane be the reason why Brock lost rather than Kofi losing. Um, after the fact, those are the things that bothered me. Like, Kofi maybe could have still been champion under these circumstances, and even if he was going to drop the belt, let him, like, hit, I don't know, hit one Trouble of Paradise out of nowhere, and then Brock power up and him with that five. Like, maybe it was a time constraint. Maybe, I want to say The Rock, but realistically nowadays it's just, like, Dwayne Johnson coming and playing the role of The Rock. So maybe Dwayne went too long, but... Uh, uh, I don't know what happened. It just, I felt, I felt upset with the fact that it was like a guy that's been built up, had a great WrestleMania moment, had all these big wins throughout the year, loses a match in like two seconds. Yeah. And if you think about it, uh, I think it's the second match he's lost since Mania. I think the other one was a tag team match that he lost. You know, he got credited with the loss, Ernie, but man, I don't think it sucks how it ended, but I don't think it should take away from what that entire run has been, though. No, 100% not. You can't take away the WrestleMania moment in the run. I feel like Kofi's, I mean, his run speaks for itself because, I mean, he went six months, and he defeated pretty much all the big names that were available. Um, <clears throat> do I agree with uh, how his run ended, how the title reign ended? Uh, no. But I get why they did it, I guess. They, they really wanted to put Brock over huge. You know, in the first, uh, in the premiere episode, you know, on Fox, I, I totally get that. But, you know, with, with Brock, it's very um, 50-50 booking where he'll take a loss and then he'll have, like, a win. He'll take a loss and then he'll have, like, a major win. So with Brock, it's becoming a little predictable, you know, as far as uh, when he decides to come in and out. And, you know, it's, uh, you know... It, Brock is an acquired taste. You know, he's 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 great for business. Yeah. But the thing is, like, creatively, you know, it's it's better when he's not there. I feel like because that way, you know, talent gets to just you know work with each other, and you know, you have Kofi having this run with with all these characters and all these guys, and it's just like Brock comes in and just out of you know, in in seconds takes a title from him. You know, it, it's gonna get a reaction. I mean, if, if if there's one good thing that comes out of it. It does get a reaction, so it does something for Brock. You know, it gives him that heel heat. At the same time, <clears throat> you know, it builds sympathy for the babyface, which is what wrestling is supposed to do. So they got it right. It's just, you know, I, I would have rather they had an actual match. <clears throat> nah, nah, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that one, man. It just, uh, it sucks, but I also think that we shouldn't let that discredit the entire run that he's been on. So, um, all right. Justin, 
I want to let you go. I know you got things to do. I appreciate the time again. Uh, you know, without getting too uh, lovey-dovey, thanks again, brother, brother, for coming on all this time and everything that you've done. And uh, I plan on getting you on a couple of episodes of VM in the near future. So from me, from Ernie, speaking on his behalf, sorry, Ernie, for doing so. But the jerks say thank you once again. And uh, where can they find you, man, as you sign off here? You can find me on the Wrestling Classic on Instagram. You can find me at TWC Worldwide on Twitter. You can find the TWC show on the Wrestling Classic YouTube page and on the Vibe YouTube page. I think we're just going to move it all over to mine, though. Uh, shop.com if you want merchandise. And, yeah, man, I'd be more than happy to come on the show, the VM show. I'm very grateful that I got this opportunity to be on The Jerks. The Jerks will live on forever. We're all going to stay friends. That's not changing, so I'm sure the show will be back. Um, I'd love to come on any show that you guys want me to come on. And Yeah, man, I, and before I leave, because I know you guys are going to continue the conversation, I just want to say to all this fit, man, professional wrestling is the greatest form of art and athleticism, and it only goes on as long as we support it. We have a voice, and you know, a win for anyone in our community is a win for everyone. So if you think that you can't, you know, start your own podcast, you can't start your own Instagram page, and you can't do things and to get involved with professional wrestling, man, you're wrong, man. In the generation that we live, you can do anything to get involved. The amount of people that I've been able to network with and meet, the amount of people that Nick's been able to network with and meet, you know, you know just through social media by doing stuff. Like, there's so many avenues if you guys love professional wrestling and you want to do more, because the more we do, the stronger the, the, the business is, I think. Whether the insiders want to believe that or not because i think we do a lot by sharing wrestling talk about wrestling every week and doing the thing so don't ever stop loving professional wrestling man. Just, if you loved it as a kid if you used to love it just show that love rep your vintage stuff if you don't like the new stuff just always show love to wrestling and last but not least sasha banks sure why not hell in the cell i'm gonna go <laughs> <laughs> yeah justin i uh, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the conversation i love you all come find me wherever you want to find me and if you guys need anything just let me know hit me up with a dm I'm not hard to find. Most definitely. Thank you, Justin, man. We we, we appreciate it, bro. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I'm out. See you later. Ooh, yeah. All right, my bro. Just us two as we wind down on this episode. Uh, where, do, where, where do we pick up from? Where do we pick up from? So, uh, I got you. The last thing we talked about really was Brock, Kofi, and all that stuff. And then we said our goodbyes to Justin. All right. So... Let's pick it up from here. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. All right, folks. Signing off was a wrestling classic. Uh, hats off to that dude, man. I love that kid. No lie. He's the man. Does a lot for us. So uh, shout out to Justin one more time. Make sure you guys are following him. So Ernie, close out the show. Yeah. Us two, brother, brother. That's it. Down to us to the final two in the Rumble. <laughs> Um, all right, man, let's, let's kind of do what we do and run through some of the stuff. Uh, I do want to, I kind of want to focus on talking points more than anything. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of my friends, even friends that do not fuck with wrestling one ounce of their DNA hit me up and be like, yo, what's good with hell in a cell? Like, why is that the biggest talking point right now? And you know, I'll be honest with you because I was very invested in that Colts Chiefs game. I was not watching Hell in a Cell live, and I hit you up as well. Yeah. Uh, tell the people a little bit about that entire saga and even our conversation too. Yeah, you went straight to the source. Um, you asked me why everybody was complaining about it, and um, it was at the very end. You know, I made light of the fact that uh, 
it was um, at the time it was uh, I described it as a disqualification finish, but since then uh, we all stand corrected. It was a match stoppage is the term that they're using. So basically, you know, Rollins and Bray Wyatt that was the main event going into Hell in a Cell. They had the match. Um, most, I mean, you know, some people thought Rollins would retain. Some people thought Wyatt would actually win, given the push that his character has been getting. Um, the finish of the match felt kind of flat, you know, it was, uh, you know, Rollins, you know, Wyatt was down, the Fiend was down, and Rollins um, piled a bunch of chairs on him and weapons and all that type of stuff, and he hit him with a sledgehammer, and the referee, you know, it was like, you know, a dramatic finish where the ref's trying to stop him, like, no, this is not you, and then Seth hits him and the ref calls for the bell. Man, you know, it's just like watching that, I was like, really, that's the finish? I mean, you would think Hell in a Cell which is supposed to be, it's designed to be like a huge blow-off um, to a major feud or what have you. I mean, man, Nick, I mean, in our day, bro, like, we, we remember the Hell in a Cell with uh, Mick Foley and Undertaker where there was nothing stopping that match, you know, no matter if it was Taker throwing Mick off the cell, choke slam through the cell into the ring. I, I, I get it, you know, different era, different time, but... It just it's almost reflective of the times really with with such a weak finish and storyline wise, I kinda get why they did it because they want to protect both characters. You don't want to have Rollins lose because that's your champ. You don't want to have the fiend lose because that's your new cash cow and you want to protect that character and not give it a loss. And maybe it's too soon for a win too, I don't know. But hell in a cell with that kind of finish, I don't know. What did you think about that when you heard about it? Yeah, we kind of touched on it before, how I think everything that we've grown accustomed to knowing about wrestling has changed. It's no longer what it used to be. Nothing makes sense anymore. Where Hell in a Cell, it's supposed to be a no DQ kind of thing, right? Like, there's no holds barred. And then you have that play out, and it's like, well, what, what, what is this anymore? You know, what are we? Um, yeah, man. I didn't like it. I think ultimately what I dislike the most, man, is... It took away from what everyone should have been talking about, and that was Sasha and Becky Lynch, which I thought was a tremendous match. It was, it was, and you know that was uh, that was the opener. It was the first match of the night on the main card. Uh, hell of a match, one of the best women's matches that I've seen in recent years, and no surprise because Becky and Sasha are all both known to deliver. Um, I feel like Becky has gotten kind of stale in that you know they pushed her a little too hard for my liking. Uh, she was really hot the first six months that she made that turn. You know, we were there at SummerSlam of last year when she made the turn. And um, I would say up until WrestleMania, everything was kind of falling in line. You know, she was, she is, you know, probably the most overact on the show, male or female, depending on who you ask. But, uh, yeah, man, that women's match was tremendous. Uh, the word coming out of it is that Sasha Banks is dealing with some type of injury coming out of that match that we don't know the severity of it yet. Man, Nick, I really hope that it's not a serious injury because her return and this new heel character that she's been doing, it, it's the same old Sasha, man, but that's a good thing, man. That's like she's back in that role of playing a heel, which I think better suits her. And her absence now would really cause a crack in the division, man, because, you know, now it's like, you know, you have the four horsewomen seemingly on top, you know, Charlotte, Bailey, Charlotte who won the title for the 10th time, you know, 10-time champ. Congrats to her. Um, it just seems like losing Sasha now would be like terrible timing, you know? Yeah, it would definitely suck if that was the case, losing Sasha. Because, 
man, she was away for so long, and then to come back and get hurt right away, it would be devastating for her for many, many reasons. And I think that's something that we definitely need to monitor going forward. Uh, It does suck that it got soured because that match was tremendous, and it was a match that I think a lot of people were waiting for. I know I was waiting for it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was a it was a pretty decent show. Like, it wasn't the best pay per view that they put out in recent years, but um, you know, I think most people are focusing on the ending. And um, it's funny, one of our listeners, uh, Sid Lolly from uh, the West Coast, she was over in Sacramento. She went to the show live. Shout out to her. And it was like, man, like she sent me a video of like the crowd after the fact, and it was it was ugly, man. I, I I've been a part of some hostile crowds. I was there that one Royal Rumble in Philly where the crowd seemed like it was going to riot when Roman Reigns won, when everybody wanted Daniel Bryan to win, but they gave the match to Reigns. You know, Philly's a tough crowd, but it's like, you know, and you wouldn't really think California would be so hostile, but if you give them that, <laughs> you can't really expect less. But, uh, you know, we'll see where they go moving forward, you know. So, I'm looking at Hell in a Cell. Anything else that really jumped out? Oh. Bro, 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 that, did you see Ali and Orton, that reversal? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was The handstand reversal to the, yeah, that was sensational, man. Ali is dope, bro. Ali is dope. And listen, uh, I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm going to say I told you so, ladies and gentlemen, that let these cruiserweights wrestle with heavyweights, Cedric, AJ Styles, right? You get... Ali and Orton, it's good. These guys could bump for these guys. Like, it's dope. It's good, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, you saw Ali coming a mile away, you know, because you were a big fan of his while he was still a part of 205 Live, and you said, yo, let this guy fly on the main roster. He'll put in the work. And, you know, Ali is one of those guys on SmackDown and now Cedric on Raw as well. It it feels like they start to push them, then they kind of pull back a little bit for whatever reason. But, you know, in particular, particular those two are such dope talents that i hope are able to really show what they can do and uh, two of the best that they have going right now as far as like the newer talent you know i'm looking at the news and notes here from the shows uh man how do you I feel have- how do you feel about uh this this angle with rusev and lashley and lana like do you think it's a little too much uh, it's a bit of a turnoff to be honest with you it, it, it's not really you know, it, it's just, uh, it's that Paul Heyman style of booking that is really hit or miss. I mean, what does it accomplish, really? It just, um, it really makes Rusev look bad for now. I mean, of course, he got some heat back on Raw when he, uh, you know, when he went after Corbin and Orton and all that. But, you know, it's getting a reaction, I will say that. You know, no matter what they're doing, whether it's good or bad, people are talking about it. So I feel like, right now, I think Paul Heyman, and them on Raw, they're booking with the mentality of any publicity is good publicity, whether people like it or not. So it feels like that's the road that they're going with, like taboo type of uh, risque storylines and all that, or as risque as they could be in today's climate. You know, it's a different time. Um, not a, not really a fan of it. You know, I, I could do without it. But if it leads to a major feud with Rusev and Lashley where those two just beat the crap out of each other, you know, that's, you know, it's designed, I guess, to get Rusev over as a baby face, but it's burying him, man. I'm looking at it every week, and I'm just like, I feel bad for the guy. Well, storyline or not, it's like, that's got to be tough, man, to see your wife get um, 
worked on by another uh, uh, guy up there on stage like that. It's just, uh, wow. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I think it's sometimes it, it does look a little too much. And also just like how many love triangles is Rusev going to be in? It seems like that's been the thing with his career. You know, it's like, you know, there was the Dolph Summer Ray stuff from back in the day. Um, again, that was confusing to where they were booking it every week on the fly. And in the end, even the, 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 the talent involved after the fact were kind of scratching their heads like, where, were, where was that supposed to go? It didn't really make a lot of sense. So you can imagine us as the viewers like, dude, if the talent and the writers don't really know where things are going, as an audience, how the hell are we supposed to be entertained by this stuff, you know? Yeah, it is a... Uh... It is a little crazy, man, to have to sit through sometimes. I think it's a little too much. Um, Nick, Nick, in case we forget, I really have to drop this right now. Um, I have to get your reaction. Um, I don't know if you saw NXT last week. I'm sure you heard the news, though. Uh, one of your favorites is going back. Well, he's back on NXT. Yep. Finn Balor. I need to get your reaction on that. Man, I think why not? Like, if you're not going to do... I, I, I've i been saying that for the longest time, where if you're not going to do something with some of these guys and girls, like, why not just send them back? And Finn Balor, it makes sense to send them back because he became a megastar down there. I would say that, you know, he's a top... He's in the Mount Rushmore of most impactful guys and girls coming out of NXT and what they meant to the brand. Like, I think... Oh, oh for sure. I think Johnny Gargano is number one. Finn is a, a close... He's number two for me, you know, and he also has clout with that NXT audience where he spent time down in Florida and he spent time with them. So I like it, man. I like it. How about how do you how do you feel about that? I like it. I feel like it does open a couple of doors because, you know, we're going to finally get to see um, uh, Finn Balor back in his element, I would say, because Finn Balor was like really the face of NXT before Gargano and Ciampa and these guys started really you know, grabbing the ball and running with it. Um, I think uh, it's good for Finn in in the short term. I think for at least a few months, it's going to be good. But I do wonder, you know, what does it mean as far as talent that makes it to the main roster? Because you have like a farm system where NXT is like considered the underneath brand. As great as it is and as as much as they outperform the main roster sometimes, it's still technically the third, you know, and smallest brand. So when you have a talent on the on the main roster that gets bumped down or I'm not going to say bumped down, but like traded to, to that brand, it, it's good and bad, I feel like, because, you know, it's good because it gives them a fresh uh, canvas to work with and, you know, apply their craft and all that. At the same time, some people look at it like, oh, well, he, he wasn't doing anything on the main roster. Maybe he wasn't cut out for it. Maybe it's like he's better off being a big fish in a small pond which I hate to think that that's what people would think of Balor because the guy is just so talented and so underutilized, I feel like. Um, Do you think his pay is going to change because he's on a smaller brand now? Or do you think he'll he'll end up earning, like, you know, the same amount that he would if he was on Raw or SmackDown? I think that might be one of the greatest questions you've ever asked because I don't know. I don't know because I don't know. Now that it's 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 a main roster now, like you're on TV, which is ultimately the only reason why you would ever leave NXT and leave to go to the main roster is because of getting on TV. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I think his merch sales will still be through the roof. 
he'll be yeah, the most yeah. over guy there within like one match. For sure, yeah. But um, you know, I mean, I would think that his pacing, his period is going to stay the same. But he's performing in front of you know smaller houses, smaller crowds, a more limited schedule. So uh, it'd be it's interesting to see if uh, Balor is gonna how long he's gonna stay in NXT. I think for the time being, while they're on USA. It's great to have a, a familiar name, like a big name, you know, like Finn Balor on the show. Uh, kind of makes you wonder how long it's going to last. And are they going to bring in more talent from the main roster to kind of even out the odds? Because remember, we have a draft coming up next week. And I know you're really not a fan of all these drafts and shakeups and switches. Neither am I because it just makes things so confusing. Like, why can't it all just be like under one umbrella, but, you know, talent can fight wherever they want, but... It's too much, man. They, they they just overdo it with the whole draft stuff. Nah, yeah, absolutely. And I think moving forward, it's gonna be interesting to see what reports come out about the the pay, right? Like it's been altered many times, especially with the pay per view stuff now. Like in the past, you used to get pay per view bonuses, and now I don't know how legitimate they are when you factor in, um, when you factor in. The idea of it's on the network now, you know, and people aren't paying right. fifty, sixty dollars anymore for for pay per views. So yeah, I definitely yeah. want to see what that's going to be about. And you know, Finn was one of those guys that he usually made every pay per view. So if he's not going to be on the Raw or SmackDown, unless I mean, if they want to put, um, have they said what they're going to do with the takeovers? Because now with them going live every week and them having big matches, big blow matches every week, it seems like, are they going to keep TakeOver as is? Like, like just, you know, with the big four pay-per-views or maybe switch up that formula a little bit? Man, I have no idea. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think they're going to stick to keeping the TakeOver special. Five, yeah. five a year, one every two months, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, the weekend of uh, major four pay-per-views, you keep that Saturday special because it means something. And then, you know, every now and then you'll have like that, uh, that like Westchester show or that Connecticut show, I should say, when Adam Cole won the strap. And you have those yeah. random takeovers and the time in between. But yeah, man, listen, one big takeaway for me, dude, a lot of wrestling. Yeah, man. I mean, if you factor in, not just WWE, but the, the fact that AEW is now officially on TNT. Uh, Dynamite premiered last week. We are getting set for the second episode uh, two hours away. Um, I, I, I caught most of it. I saw most of the show. Curious to know what you think. Um, I like it. it the in-ring stuff is not as good as NXT, but the presentation and the feel of it, it feels like a pay-per-view. It has a really live, you know, feel to it did, did you happen to catch any of it i did not i can't say i did um i will say the one thing that stood out to me was uh i watched a couple of highlights like clips on either youtube or on social media and man very uh, a lot of looking into the camera for the wrestler and a lot of the camera kind of forgetting that it was still pan to wrestlers or yeah, was the the direction I think is a little different as far as like takes and camera angles, which is also what they're experimenting with on SmackDown. Because I noticed 
a lot of different camera angles, you know, different shots, and uh, the, the, the the production is being tweaked a little bit, which is a good thing because you don't want to sit there and watch the same type of stuff all over, you know, just, you know, every week. But, uh, yeah, AW, I did notice that uh, some of their structuring is a little different visually, you know, I would say. Right. Right. Um, uh, go on. No, no, I was going to say, and they had the finish of the, the debut of Jack Swagger, uh, Jake Hager, you know, his real name. Uh, he, he's like the new heel. Like, he joined uh, the team of Jericho and, like, a, the, the rest of the heels they beat down the elite. So that's, like, a big uh, acquisition for them, I guess. You know, a big free agent that was on the market that they scooped up. Right. I, I mean, cool. Like, I don't know. It's <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, it's... it's yeah. Not, not that big of a swagger fan. I mean, look, re- respect the swagger, but he, he was never really, I was never too big of a fan of his. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that it was something where, um, especially when you look at how it turned out, where, you know, the big reveal for wrestling in SmackDown was Cain Velasquez. And then it's like, well, Jack Swagger, that's cool. Like, hey, he took a picture of me. He came by my job one time, but still, like, yeah. come on, you know? Um, I like I I I like how you said he took a picture with you like 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 you're the like you're the star. <laughs> I mean, dude, like come on now, like we're we're next up, brother, brother. You gotta, like you gotta put yourself over, bro. You gotta put yourself you. over in this life. Who else is gonna put themselves put you over? You know. I feel you. Um, <laughs> all right, man. I think this is a good place to stop and come to a close here. Uh, guys, just um, continue to support us and the show as best your ability um you know maybe in a couple of weeks couple of months we fire it back up maybe we come back for a year in review ernie something we could figure out or um i do plan i've talked to you about getting you on vm because i think there's a very telling conversation we could have there's a lot of crossover and parallels but um you know maybe maybe i talk ernie into continuing the show on his own maybe we cancel it entirely who knows Still uh, decisions to be made behind the scenes, but as far as week-to-week goes, um, for the foreseeable future, make sure you're following us on social media, at the Jerks Pod, um, Jerks Pod, uh, Ernie, where can they find you? I'm on social media, uh, on Instagram, as well as Twitter, at 3RN11E. Uh, Before I go, just want to thank you, Nick, for giving me a chance to get on the mic two years ago. It's been a hell of a run, a hell of a ride. You know, I've had a lot of fun doing this. Um, the the following and the support that I've received has been tremendous. I've been so thrilled with it. Um, it's been fun, man. You know, and who knows? You know, there's so many uh, things going on right now individually that we have. You know, you know, you're building your brand. You know, Justin's doing his thing. You know, I'm busy with what I'm doing. You know, work and all that. Just you know, just staying busy, keeping busy. Uh, unfortunately, the show is going to have to come to a close as of now. It's uh a series finale, if you will, but it doesn't mean that we're gone for good. You know, like you said, at, at some point you just never know what us. the only thing for sure is that nothing's for sure. Um, what we do want to say is, you know, thank you to everybody for your support over the years. It's, it's really meant a lot. Um, the show has grown, man, 160 episodes. It's, it's gone from, from day one until now it's really grown and become something that a lot of people enjoy. And I've enjoyed, you know, recording too, man. You know, we were boys before the show. Uh, this show has brought us closer and I'm sure, you know, in the future we will no doubt be working together and uh, helping support each other as always, as we should, you know? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you that it definitely brought us closer with the show. Um, talking pretty much every day for the most part. But yeah, man, uh, I'm glad I was able to bring you on board when you first told me you wanted to start a podcast. I figured, man, uh, it's hard to start one. It's hard to keep one afloat. It's very hard, yeah. um, especially when you got to balance real life. Uh, podcasts, similarly to wrestling, is an escape for a lot of people, and it's an escape for us also. Um, and it's tough. And I had just remembered, I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring you under my wing. I'm going to bring you onto the brand and you've been tremendous. And I think you're a star, bro. So I think, uh, when it comes to wrestling, there's no one I, I, uh, trust more on the bars. Like you said, uh, I went to Twitter and I saw people outraged on hell in a cell. First person I hit up, I didn't bother scrolling on Twitter. I'm like, nah, I'm gonna hit up Ernie. If I need, if I need to be updated. You went to the source, yeah. The, the main source, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, as far as Ernie, as far as I go, as far as Justin, even as far as Frank, we cannot forget his contributions to the show. The good folks over at The Jerks want to say, too sweet me when you greet me, and we will catch you guys later. <laughs>